I'm Jill Miller. And I'm Mary Kastner. Have those charismaniacs left you damaged and scarred? On behalf of Holy Spirit, we hope to offer some damage control. He wants a relationship with you. And we're here to support you along the way, whether it's in ministry or in your day-to-day life. Mary, how you doing? I am doing good. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. It's just quarantine's an adventure still. It's Well, we're not really in quarantine, but people are still freaked out. So I think social distancing, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not scared. I feel good. Um, I freaked out some poor man at the gym because I wasn't paying attention to where I was walking. (laughs) Got too close. He freaked out. It's okay, though. So I've been good. Other people are still kind of, you know, getting used to social interaction again. So yeah, yeah. but how are you? What's happening? Um, I'm doing good as well. I'm Everything's back to being open here, which is nice. Um, been back in the gym this week. Yeah. And yeah, it's really, really fun. Anyways, I'm excited about our topic today. Yeah, we're going to talk about sensing the anointing, which is cool. This is part two of three. Yes, of the quote unquote anointing series, anointed series. Sweet. So last week, just a little bit of a recap, we talked about what is um or who is we should say who Mm. is the anointing and we talked about the three different kinds of anointing right the anointing in on and with and so we receive the holy spirit in us on us and the holy spirit is with us and how he moves in those three different ways this week we're talking about sensing the anointing yes (laughs) one of the things i love about the catholic church is how the church recognizes that we're both spiritual and human people and that is the purpose of the sacraments right is that the sacraments are physical signs of spiritual realities Mm -hmm. and the church because she recognizes that we're both human and spiritual says it's not enough for us to just deal with things on a spiritual level like we have to have something that incorporates the physical realm right and i think that's kind of what we're talking about today in a sense not the sacraments but um (laughs) that god communicates not only with us in a spiritual way but in a physical way as well and that's not something that we think about very often but it makes sense when we do (laughs) oh yeah yeah and it's it's very catholic the idea of the body being good, you know, like theology of the body and the physical being good. It's not all bad. We're not Gnostics, you know, and we understand that if the Lord created us both spiritual and physical, right, the physical can't be bad too, because it's not like we die and go to heaven and we're just our spirit. And that's the only good thing about us. And we've rid ourselves of our physical bodies, you know, we're going to be raised up. Which means that it's part of his perfect plan for us to actually move in the physical. And the physical is not bad. Yeah. It's not bad and it's not disconnected. Exactly. Because I think more that some people might be like, yeah, obviously I recognize the physical is not bad. But have the notion that it's disconnected completely from the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And it's not. And God decides to communicate to us in those two ways spiritually and physically i mean that's what the incarnation was right like the incarnation was god communicating to us in a physical tangible way totally and there's there's actually a verse if you look i i never really you know how there are some verses that you hear where it's just so common that that there's parts of it that you miss or details and things in hebrews it actually says to have your senses exercised or trained to discerning good and evil or sensing is another word that they use, but to have your senses exercised and and trained. And I hadn't thought about it before. And I realized, wait, we have five senses. (laughs) So it's not just this concept of this obscure spiritual, like awareness, just kind of in your mind of sensing what's good and what's bad, like via conscience or in that way, but actually having an awareness through, you have five senses. So sight, 
taste, touch, smell, right? Like all these different things, like the Lord can communicate through those five senses. It's actually possible. We're, de- we're designed to be able to be in relationship with God. And if our senses are ordered properly, they're actually going to be used in that interaction, in that relationship with him. So what we kind of want to address today is you actually can sense the Lord, not just kind of in your heart and in your mind, but actually with your senses. You, you can, it's, it's possible. That's exciting for us. Yeah. In talking to people, hearing about their discernment and relationship with the Lord, oftentimes people want that. They want a clearer way to discern things. Because I think some people do worry that it's all in their mind or like it can be difficult for them to discern between what is of the flesh or what is of the world or the Lord. And so not saying that this is the sole way to discern things, but it's certainly incorporating those experiences and how God communicates to us in the senses can be another layer of discernment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you see it with, um, it's it's interesting in that verse too, it talks about using those things to discern not just the presence of God, but what's good and what's bad, what's good and what's evil. And I mean, you have accounts of preachers and priests that are in deliverance ministry, and they talk about how one way that it's actual, like, like a physical manifestation of a demonic presence is it gets cold. It'll actually get cold in the room or in this certain area or around a person who is like in an extreme case, right? It's not super common, but possessed, right? Um, There's even one story of a preacher who he, at one of his services, there was someone who was, he saw them acting kind of weird during worship. (laughs) And he was like, well, maybe this person's just being kind of charismatic and overly expressive. And he felt weird about it. And he walked over towards them, and when he got closer, he felt that the room got cold when he was standing near them. And then when he stepped away, it was at least 10 degrees warmer, and he was like, okay, this isn't the Lord. So that's an example of, I mean, it's an extreme case, right? It's not super common to encounter that, but it's possible that you can notice those things physically. And a lot of times, I think we're just not aware of it. Um, we We don't become aware of it. But if we can sense evil physically, why wouldn't we also then be able to sense this incredibly amazing and all-powerful God, you know, when he's moving in a room uniquely? Yeah, so I guess maybe starting with just, like, personal experience, right? Like, how in your prayer or in your spiritual life have you, I guess, used your senses um, to communicate? Or to feel the presence of the Lord? I mean, for me, it, it was something that I, th- I was introduced to this idea in college that you could actually sense his presence. And my, my old spiritual director would actually invite me to, to kind of like hold out my hands and close my eyes and just become like aware, <laughs> you know, of, of the Lord in the room. And what I found was like there were certain things that came with his presence. And I mean, the most common that you even hear St. Ignatius talk about is that sense of peace, right? When you're, whether you're praying a rosary or reading scripture or listening to just religious music or whatever it might be, there's, if you actually let yourself sit in it, his presence obviously comes, but there's, I feel like it's pretty universal to experience a sense of peace in prayer. And that's a manifestation of his presence. And I think that's one of the most common ones. But I'll also, when when there are moments of just like a heavy outpouring of his anointing, so again, just recapping, that's the movement of his spirit. It's his spirit in movement. Um, I'll actually feel sometimes, my experience has been, I'll, I'll feel the heat, right? We talked about how a demonic presence like will bring cold right um I'll actually feel heat a physical heat and um like sometimes it's so significant that I'm like well this is definitely supernatural you know this is not like um me just being warm in the room 
Um, sometimes people have talked about feeling almost like a tingling or like a numbness too, um, just like physically. Or I noticed it was really neat. I've only seen it once where I've gone to a bunch of priestly ordinations and I've seen it once where one of the priests who was ordained, there was like a radiance in his face. Like not just he was really happy, but there was almost like this shift in this glow after immediately after he was ordained versus before. So like there's all these different ways that and, and like that heat or that peace or that tingling or some of those things, like I'll feel that in my daily prayer. And there's some really unique manifestations like that ordination that I witnessed where I was like, whoa, there's actually a glow and a radiance in this person's face that's like beyond what's normal, you know? Mm-hmm. But how about you? Like, what have you experienced, Jill? Or um, Yeah, I think my experiences are quite similar. The easiest examples and definitely the most consistent and prominent times are like in prayer ministry, mm. like where I'll be praying over someone yes. and like I am blazing hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like sweating and that's <laughs> so not normal for me, guys. Like I am the person that has like sweatpants and sweatshirts on all the time because I'm consistently <laughs> cold all the time. I'm a very small human that does not hold body heat very well. <laughs> um, so that is like a, yeah, that's a real thing. Like when I'm praying and there's a heat or even when I'm praying over someone, there's a heat radiating off of them mm-hmm. and you can feel it like on your hands hovering over someone and you're like, oh my goodness, they are like a little heater right now. <laughs> yeah. Which is really, really cool. Because you know it's not you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely know like that is not me and it's not them (laughs) the other one is tingling or numbness Mm -hmm. and a lot of times a a heaviness as well yes not like a burdensome heaviness but like a like a weightiness of his presence i don't know how quite to articulate it yeah there's there's a distinct heaviness with the presence of the lord and the holy spirit when he comes into a place. There's a, it was really funny. People are going to laugh, I think, when they hear this. But Jill, you know Smith Wigglesworth, right? Like you've heard this, some of the stories of Smith Wigglesworth. Yeah. So Smith Wigglesworth was a Protestant minister in, I think, the early 1900s. And, I mean, he was said to move in just very charismatic ways and have lots of gifts. And there were lots of healings experienced in his ministry. But he, when he would go into prayer, he would go into such a state of, like, ecstasy and this, like, he was just very deeply and mystically in the presence of God that the room would actually get filled with, like, the weight of God's presence, like, this, this like, intense heat and weight. And other preachers would try to go into the church or into the room to pray with him, and they could only withstand it for so long. <laughs> because the presence was so heavy and intense and there was one guy that actually had tried to stay with him for the full duration of his prayer and he couldn't do it like he ended up crawling out of the church because he just couldn't withstand the weight of the glory of God's presence when Smith would pray which is crazy but even um, Bill Johnson in one of it so there's a section of one of his books where he talks about sensing the anointing or sensing the holy spirit with all of your senses right and he describes it as he says i learned the tangible anointing the presence of the holy spirit is physically discernible but he the analogy he gave because we were just talking about the weight of his presence right he says i can feel it physically as though someone took a silk scarf and laid it over my hands is the analogy that he gives. Cause sometimes it's not like somebody just dropped a barbell <laughs> into your lap usually, you know, but it's, there is this, it, it's hard to articulate, but there's a weight that can be felt sometimes with his anointing. Yeah. I think for me, it's almost that sense of like oil, right? You know, like when somebody like pours oil on you and there's there's a heaviness to it, but it's not like you said, it's not like somebody's dropping like a barbell on you or <laughs> You're like I'm being crushed. That's 
I think the the image that I think of a lot that there's just like an oil being poured out on your head over your body mm -hmm. and the weight that comes with that, which I guess is kind of maybe, I don't know, formed by that image is formed a little bit by the image of the Holy Spirit as oil, you know, being poured out. Right. Right. We we want to encourage you to become aware is the main thing I think with this is you can become so much more aware of the Holy Spirit moving in, in your prayer or even just even when you're at the grocery store or in your day to day life. And I think a lot of the time when we're experiencing sometimes like for some of you who might have actually had powerful experiences with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we're just more focused on emotionally what's happening. So we're not really even aware or paying attention to our other senses and what happens when the Lord's moving in the room and just becoming aware of him. Pilots, when they're being trained for flying, right, they go into flight simulators. And one of the things that they'll do for pilots in training in these simulators is they, they actually will gradually remove oxygen from the simulator basically so that the pilot can become aware of how their body reacts to this lack of oxygen so that if they're in the air and that starts going down and the um like the breathing masks don't come out and the plane doesn't recognize like that the oxygen's going down the the pilots trained to be sensitive to recognizing well we're low on oxygen we need to release the masks and what's interesting too is different people experience that deprivation of oxygen in different ways. So for some people, the hair on their arms hurt. Um, for some people, their ears ring. For some people, their muscles in their legs ache. But they're trained to become aware of how their body reacts to that change in the atmosphere. So what, like, how does your body react to the presence of God moving in the room? Like, how does your body react? Because it's not the same every single time for everybody. It, there are some things that are common, right? Like that peace, that's, that's pretty darn common. But not everybody reacts the same exact way every single time. So it's not like, oh, I don't feel the heat today. Oh, well, then the Holy Spirit's not here. He's not moving. <laughs> like, no, that's not how it works. Pay attention to how you respond and what you notice when the Lord's moving in the room and just becoming aware of that, allowing yourself to notice how does, how, how do I respond when there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the room? And that awareness is something that when I go into prayer ministry and people have asked for specific things in prayer, I always tried to preface it with, Hey, I want you to be aware of, maybe these different ways that the Lord can manifest and that the presence of the Lord can manifest. And so I draw them to an awareness of you might feel a tingling, you might feel a numbness, or you may feel heat or heaviness. That way that they're aware, right? And I can, you know, sense how the Lord is is moving on them in that time of prayer, but they can sense that as well. Mm -hmm. Which I think is really, really important because if you're you're not aware, you can leave those times of prayer and feel like nothing happened. Right. And you don't even realize that, that he's moving because you're not paying attention. Yeah. You, and you don't know to. You're not directed to. It's It's been this vague, obscure idea of like, well, follow the Holy Spirit. Well, how do I do that? What does that look like? Yeah. And what I like about this understanding of the anointing is it actually gives you more ways to be aware and, and it's more concrete than this just subjective do what feels right <laughs> you know, like, and I liked what you said Jill about especially for the purpose of ministry or like when you're in prayer ministry or you're praying with someone and being able to sense what the Lord's doing and I've experienced when I'm praying over someone especially for a physical healing if I feel heat coming out of my hands, because I'll actually feel heat come out of them, then the Lord's moving 
in actually healing that person. So it's like I keep praying. That's like like when I continue to feel heat coming out, I'll actually know to continue praying. And if I notice it dissipate, then I'm like, okay, he's finishing. I can stop praying now. So it basically is a, a way to just sense what he's doing and to move with him versus just kind of guessing and hoping for the best, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, with healing as well, somebody can come and ask for healing in their back. And I mean, we're not medical professionals. We have no idea what you know <laughs> actually is wrong. But I found oftentimes if I have educated myself on some different things that it could be, right? And that's, I think, part of growing in that gift of healing um, is educating yourself. It's almost like when you're looking for a stud in a wall, you know, you start knocking mm. and like trying to find what's behind these things. And oftentimes that happens with those physical senses. Like I'll be praying for healing, let's say, and ligaments and tendons and not, you know, feeling the Lord's presence in any way. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I start praying for discs or joints, then there's that presence of heat. And I know, okay, like I need to pray for that more. Mm-hmm. And that's specifically. So, yeah, it's not only just a directive that the Lord might be healing, but like a directive of like, hey, pray for this. Uh, continue to pray in this way. Mm-hmm. And it just allows you to move in what he's he's doing more effectively. And, and um, when you're docile to that, you're able to, I don't know, the Lord's the Lord works through even more powerfully and becoming more aware of how he's communicating with you in in your senses can actually help you to to carry out things that he wants to do in ministry like for for example like one time I was praying over a former teen that I'd had in my youth ministry and what what'll happen for me is when I think that I'm getting a word like the a word of knowledge so it's just where the lord's kind of speaking to you interiorly what I've noticed is I feel a pressure on my my forehead. And that's kind of the Lord like, hey, listen, I'm giving you a word. And I I started to hear the Lord say something about like tell him that he's not junk. <laughs> and I was like, this, this is not, this is not you. <laughs> like there's no way. And the pressure got more and more and more and more. And I'm praying over um this kid and I started to say, like, you're not like I just get the sense Lord telling you that you're not junk. And he was deeply moved because, and he told me after the fact that he had had this really hard experience with, I think when he was in high school with his shop teacher um, and with his dad, where he he had created something. He loves to like make things and weld things and, and whatnot. And he had made something and I think he like presented it to his dad and his dad basically said that it was junk. And he took that on from that point on where he just believed that he was junk. And that was the word that he used. (laughs) But the thing that kept cluing me into the fact that the Lord was speaking was like there was that constant pressure on my forehead, which is like sort of a quirky thing. But it was the Lord. like, And it was confirmed by him afterwards that it was him. I mean, if we think about it, sometimes there are things that the Lord asks us to say or to do that are way out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And it sounds so bizarre, but it's really affirming to know like that there are other ways just besides our interior monologue that can clue us in to like that's from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with the word of knowledge, imagine like trying to go and tell somebody super specifically... <laughs> about something the Lord wants you to do this without any physical confirmation. How much harder would it have been for you to share that with him if you didn't have those physical signs? Yeah. Yeah, just confirming like it it became the pressure was so significant that I couldn't ignore it. Where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna say this. Just like, you know, it's kinda like the Lord was poking me. You know, like in my shoulders continuously, like, hey, Mary, come on, come on, come on, come on until I broke. <laughs> but it's it is it's it's interesting. It's how it, he's, he's trying to communicate with us. He's trying to work with us and move, he wants us to move with him. He doesn't he's not this God who which is fascinating. He's not this God who just wants to do everything himself and work alone. He wants to work with us. 
And the more aware we become of him and the way he communicates with us, the more we're able to cooperate with him and, and co-labor with him and participate in the healing and the work that he does. And I think that's the most incredible thing about the Lord, in a sense, is that you know that he can, he's all powerful and can do all things, but he still is humble enough to invite us to participate. Yeah. And it's just, it's incredible. Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but not super off topic. Um, you know, people, when they first see and are around, I guess, exposed to healing ministry and the charismatic spirituality and stuff, I think there's this, like, huge awe and wonder, you know, seeing the Lord heal someone or, like, people's legs grow out or all these incredible things. And don't get me wrong, they're awesome. Mm -hmm. But I think it's those interior movements. And I think that's why I love ministry and my heart is with ministry all the time is that journeying with people and seeing them come to the Lord, like the Lord can do anything. He created us. He can make legs grow out. He can do whatever he wants, but like he doesn't interfere with free will. And so when you get to journey with someone and pray with someone for interior healing, mm. you see a whole different side because you know the Lord's like not snapping his fingers and making something happen right. that you see that that healing happening and the lord reaching out and somebody responding mm -hmm. which i think is really incredible and i think that idea we can get really swept up in physical healings and how awesome they are but always looking and saying like there's an interior something interiorly happening there and that is just as important for us to focus on as well mm -hmm. and these are these are like great things to be aware of and to help us move with them, but also like recognizing that if you don't feel these things, it doesn't mean he's not moving. <laughs> because like what you talked about with the interior, Jill, like he's he's always working. He's always doing something. And you don't want to get too caught up in, oh no, I didn't feel heat this time. So he's not actually healing this person. I was praying over this one guy. I think he was in college or just out of college. And we were praying for baptism of the Holy Spirit for him. And we can talk about what that is at a different time. But basically, as I was praying, a lot of people have this crazy experience with baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm praying over this kid and he is super stoic. Like his... He wasn't even, a lot of people, when they come up for prayer ministry, their eyes are closed and they just kind of try and become aware of the Lord. This kid, his eyes wide open, totally stoic, emotionless the whole time I'm praying. And I'm praying for like, I don't know, like three minutes, which is a long time if somebody has that look on their face, <laughs> you know? So I'm praying for him and I'm like, man, I don't think this is working. I don't know what's happening for him. I'm wondering if there's like a block to him receiving. And I finished praying after like three minutes, maybe. And I turned to him and I was like, like, how do you feel? How are you doing? And he just like super stoic, but he turns to me and he goes, whoa, that was really intense. <laughs> and like, he was like, I need to sit down. <laughs> I would have never thought that he was experiencing the Lord so powerfully, like even physically, like talk to him afterwards. Because his body language said that nothing was happening and I'm not buying into any of this. So, like, you can't just go off of the physical all the time, although it helps, right? It's so funny because it's everybody's different. Like, everybody's different. And you just can't go off of just facial expressions or just your physical senses or, you know, you have to trust that the Lord's going to move and he's going to do what he's going to do. I think I struggle a little bit because people ask about my process of discernment and how, how do you know, well, you know, like what the Lord wants you to do. Mm. And I always hesitate, like sharing because I'm like, this is how I do it, but that's not exactly going to be your experience. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to be like holding out to try to have the same experience that I have with the Lord because like the Lord might desire something different for you. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that a lot with discernment on big decisions. When I make a big decision, oftentimes, if it's what the Lord desires, there's this overwhelming peace, mm -hmm. almost like a release of like pressure, physical pressure that I had no idea that right. I even had. 
But that's not necessarily how it works for some people. And it's also really difficult to explain <laughs> how to sense that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, trying to, to work with people and, and help them understand that this, your experience is going to be different than mine. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It is not going to be the same. Even people that experience the same things like warmth and numbness and stuff, like their experience is still probably going to be different than mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's the beauty of us diving into that relationship with the Lord and the uniqueness of how he communicates to us as individuals and right. the desires of our heart and the things that we become aware of and work to become aware of as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just you have to put in the effort. Yeah, you're you're building a relationship, like a unique relationship, and and everyone's, even my friendship with you, Jill, is different than my friendship with my sister. You communicate in different ways, and there's a different dynamic. It's part of the beauty of having a relationship with someone, you know, and growing in that, and like learning how they speak and how you interact with each other and. There's not just this kind of magic guidebook that tells you this is how the Lord does this every single time. <laughs> and those different experiences of different, the way that we sense the presence of the Lord is different. I would also say with every person, but also uniquely different with every person and their gifts. So like operating the gift of healing um personal like discernment versus like word of knowledge all those things the lord can manifest his presence in different ways he's infinite <laughs> he's infinitely creative so it's not gonna infinite be the possibilities yeah 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 like even that uh, there was it reminds me there was that story with i think the woman's name she does a lot of mi women's ministry lisa bevere she wrote a book called without rival and it all came out of i think she got a word from the Lord where it, it upset her initially the first part of the word because he told her that he does not love everyone equally and she was like shocked by this and she was like what do you mean you're God like you're supposed to be fair you're supposed to love each of us equally and he corrected her and I really believe it was of the Lord but he said basically to say that I love everyone equally is to say that there's a measurement with which I love everyone and I don't love everyone equally. I love everyone without rival. So like everyone is so unique in the way that the Lord loves them. Mm. And it's immeasurable. <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing something like that The in, I think, a Mariology class. They said God loved Mary more than everybody else. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> wait. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> he is supposed to love all of us the same. Yeah, what is this? Yeah. Uh, but it it also came to play of like the capacity for us to receive like God's love. Oh uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so how we through our relationship, like we have we have a capacity for receiving God's love in Mary because she was obviously preserved from original sin and the mother of Jesus, you know. Definitely a bigger capacity than most things, people. <laughs> you know, she has a greater capacity. But that also, I think for me, was challenging in being an interior reflection of how am I working to increase that capacity for God's love? Hmm. Like in my own prayer and my own spiritual life, how am I working for that to, to grow? you know, that capacity for God's love. And I think that's essentially like, right, that in a sense, like the spiritual journey is is growing that capacity yeah. to receive God's love and also respond to it. The greater we can receive the Lord's love, the more that we can respond to it, the more we respond to it, the greater our capacity becomes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're like, there's always more. Like, there's always more of him. There's mm -hmm. always more to learn about how he communicates and who he is. And, yeah. Yeah, and it really is, like, it's a training, right? Like, even St. Paul talks about in his letters, training our bodies, mm -hmm. training ourselves to be able to, you know, run the race. And and I think that there is some kind of symbol there and, like, a metaphor, but there's also, like, a 
literal sense of that, of training Mm -hmm. ourselves. Yeah. Was there, I wanted to ask too, Jill, was there like a moment for you where you, there was just this unique like experience where you were, you realized, oh wow, I can, I can sense God. Like I can sense like just this, I don't know how else to quite explain it. Or was it something gradual for you? Like what was, what was it like for you? I don't know if I remember like the very first time, but there's definitely like distinct moments that, um, that I can remember, um, like moments of resting in the spirit and feeling like a heaviness on me where it's like Mm. effort, a lot of effort to get up. (laughs) You know, I talked a little bit earlier about there's a sense of peace that I feel, right? And I Mm -hmm. think one of the biggest times that I can really remember that was my senior year of college when (laughs) I was um, applying for jobs and you had told me about the job in Syracuse and I was like, oh yeah, like I'll apply to it. But like I was dead set on going to Denver, Colorado, like I, I was like, that. I am going to have a job in Denver. That's where I'm going. Like, yeah, that was like I your found dream. a youth ministry position. Yeah, that was that was my. I was so invested <laughs> in this dream. I totally forgot about this. And I hate winter, so I didn't want to go out to the Northeast. And <laughs> um, that was like the bottom of my list, right? <laughs> but I'd had an interview. I'd gotten flown out to Denver, and. It was a little, like, lackluster, like, the position, right? But I was, like, willing it into being (laughs) so hard. And I remember being on the phone. Well, I, like, interviewed for the job in Syracuse. After my interview, I remember you asking me how'd it go. And I was like, I don't know. Like, okay, maybe. Um, And I really believed that. And then I was like, "Uh, I'm not sure. I expect call back or whatnot. And... The priest, Father Chris, called me back like an hour after my interview to offer to like bring me up. And I remember the day before I left, because um, I was driving up with a group of people, I was on the phone with my mom crying because I did not want to go. Oh my gosh. I was like, I don't want to go. Like, I should just say no, because I don't want to go to New York. I just cannot think of anything worse. Than oh my living. god. Where there's snow and all the time and cold and yeah, the Mm -hmm. Northeast. It just sounds terrible. (laughs) And I got there and as soon as I had boots on the ground, there was this overwhelming sense of peace that I was like, this is undeniable that this is where the Lord wants me. And I can't try to will something into being knowing that the amount of peace that I have being here. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's not of me because I don't want, I want this. this. Myself. <laughs> it's definitely not me. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the big moments that I remember um, really having like a, yeah, the Lord smacking me across the face. That's hilarious. With truth. <laughs> truth. <laughs> but I mean, that is also like, I think how the Lord you know, I say that I don't want to do something and that it would be the worst thing ever. And then that's where I end up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I said I would also never go abroad and do ministry and look at me now. <laughs> JK. <laughs> jokes, jokes, jokes. Just be careful what you say. I know. So yeah, that was kind of my experience. Mary, I know that you've had some powerful experiences with resting in the spirit as well. And I think some people may have like a misunderstanding of what resting in the spirit is and isn't and maybe yeah your kind of experience can give some clarity to that yeah so i my my experience of when i i kind of realized that you can sense the lord physically um or with your senses was it involved resting in the spirit and i like just short backstory i grew up in a super traditional Catholic family. And that was, I mean, it was not even like you totally got made fun of if you put a hand in the air during praise and worship kind of a thing. (laughs) Like you were a crazy person, you were kooky. 
And so the idea of resting in the spirit, I'd seen it done at certain ministries growing up pretty rarely, but when I would see it growing up, it looked very attention seeking and I didn't, I thought that it was probably real, but a lot of it was ingenuine, was kind of my take. And so basically, so my first experience where I was like, oh, I can sense the Lord physically, this is crazy, <laughs> is um, I'd already been going to Steubenville for two years, so I was moving into my junior year, and I went to Austria where they have a study abroad program and they had these worship nights where they do prayer ministry at the end. And it was very common to see people rest in the spirit. And I I would watch it and I get very much in my head. It's very easy for me to get in my head. And I'm very, one of the things I value the most is authenticity, right? So I want, like, if I'm gonna, my, my mentality going in was like, Lord, I'm not just going to flop over because I think I see people just flopping over because everybody else is. And if I'm going to rest in the spirit, I need to know it's you. Like, I need to know it's you. Otherwise, I'm not going down kind of a thing. And I didn't fully understand what it was at the time. And the Lord is just hilarious. And (laughs) when I made that prayer and I went up for prayer ministry that day, I remember the priest just kind of, Like, nobody was pushing me or touching me or anything. I just went up for prayer ministry, and the the topic for the night was healing. And I didn't really feel like I wanted to get prayed over for healing for anything. I felt fine. And now I look back, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I needed so much healing in my heart, and I had no idea. I know. Like, like, I feel like that's the only thing that I ever pray for. Yeah, like, Lord, please heal all the things in my heart. But... So I went up and I was like, I don't know what to ask for, but I'll get prayer. And the priest starts praying over me. And all of a sudden he gets a word of knowledge and he says, Lord, thank you for giving her the gift of healing. And as soon as he said that, I didn't even have time to respond because I was like, wait, hold up. I don't know how to use that. And I don't know, like, I'm an introvert. No, like, that's like, this is all the things that went through my brain in a split second. But as soon as he said that, I actually felt, and this is not an exaggeration, it felt like an electric shock went through my body and I shook and I went down. And I was like, Okay, so that was real. <laughs> that was not me just flopping over, you know, um, just because everybody else was. But it, and it wasn't it wasn't violent. I want to clarify that. Like it wasn't painful. It was just like a, a surge of like almost this like powerful presence of God that went through me. And when I was on the ground afterwards, I think the Lord did that to show me that it's it can be real. And, but my experience of it actually, once I was on the ground was there was this intense peace, like, and there was a weight, kind of like we talked about that weightiness of his presence, but there was a peace. And I mean, after that, I understood that, okay, well, this is something that some people experience and it's actually very, very real. Like it's the Lord. They're not just flopping over just because, but it can be that the Lord's presence fills you so deeply that you you quote unquote rest. It used to be called slain in the spirit, which sounds even more violent. That kind of matches more of my actual experience of the first time I had it. But like, um, but you don't want to freak people out. So we'll call it resting in the spirit. But most of the time, the best way I actually heard it articulated was, which is actually really beautiful, What's happening is when you're in prayer and you experience that intense peace, that intense sense of peace just overcoming you, you can remain there. Like say you're standing up in prayer ministry and somebody's praying over you, you can you can remain in it and just stand. Or sometimes you can allow yourself to yield to it. And um and a lot of times in prayer ministry, you'll have somebody who's a catcher behind you to just kind of, so you don't just flop over on the ground. But like, it's actually a really peaceful experience to, when you feel that, that outpouring of peace, to release yourself to it. 
and to let the Lord work on you while you're laying down and resting. So it's actually a really peaceful experience. And I've heard people describe it as the Lord's operating table, actually, Mm. which is really interesting. Like the Lord worked on Adam in his sleep, right? Um, The Lord spoke to Joseph, um, Mary's husband, in in her, in, in his sleep, right? So there's something powerful to the Lord working when you let yield yourself to him and let yourself rest. Um, and obviously you don't want to be attention seeking with it. You don't want to do it just because everybody else is. And you can choose, like the Lord isn't. Um, he's a gentleman. Yeah, he's the gentleman. He's the gentleman. It's better put it that way. So he's a gentleman and he's not going to like force you to go down. Although mine was, <laughs> I was yielded to it, but it was still pretty shocking. Um, but the the general experience of it is he lets you participate in it. And I've seen some people yeah. that they have an intense experience of resting and they don't actually flop over onto the ground. They remain standing and yeah. they experience the Lord. Or sitting. Or sitting. Yeah. Like I've don't... seen some people like very much so resisting resting as well to where <laughs> like they're almost bent backwards at like a 90 degree angle because they're so intensely like yeah. resisting that. And um, but the yeah. Lord doesn't force them. Right. The Lord still doesn't force them to to rest and i think that one of the common misconceptions about resting is that um it's something that's forced that just comes over us or like (laughs) the lord possessing us that we're completely clueless to what's going on around us and that's not the case right (laughs) so Mm -hmm. just clarifying that oftentimes when i'm resting like i am completely aware of everything that's happening around me right and I can generally get up whenever I want. Mm-hmm. There are times that I can, that it is definitely like a sense, like a heaviness where I think that the Lord desires for me to stay in this place like longer. Mm-hmm. But if I really wanted to, like I can get up. Um, so those are, I think, some common things. And I, I felt like it was kind of important to touch on because we are talking about the Lord communicating us through our physical senses. And oftentimes I think resting in the spirit is one of those things that comes up a lot. Yes. Yeah. And it's especially in charismatic circles. And it's one of the things that's also, I mean, you see people abuse it. You see people who are attention seeking, who have tried to get attention through being dramatic, right? With it. Just because there's an abuse of a thing doesn't mean that there should never be the use of it. Right. So like yep. it, it is real. And it's a way the Lord works and it can actually be really beautiful and a really profound experience yeah. of, of him working in you. And, and so even if, say, you have an experience where you yield yourself to it and you rest, you can stay on the ground for a time. It's not like, oh, I hit the ground. I'm done. <laughs> like you, you should sit in it, whether, whether it's yep. you going down on the ground or sitting in a chair or remaining standing, rest in him. Like, let him work. Give him the opportunity to to work in you and just be present to it. Yeah. So we're going to now, I think, transition over to our time of prayer. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, guys. So, yeah, just, like, find a prayer spot. Just calm yourself. You need to pause the, the podcast just to find that space. That's cool. Hit pause right now. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we just invite you right now, Holy Spirit, we invite you to to fill us up from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. Lord, I ask that you would release a deep peace right now just upon us. Just your presence, Lord. And I just, I invite our listeners right now, just close your eyes and and to actually extend your hands in front of you. Just hold them out in front of you like the same posture that 
a child would have receiving a gift from their parent. Lord, we just ask for a deeper outpouring of your presence right now, that you would fill us to overflow. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you would release for Jill, for myself, and for any of our listeners, Lord, a deeper sensitivity to your presence, a deeper awareness in our senses, in our body, in our spirit, to notice your movements, to become more aware of the ways that you speak to us. so that we don't just live our lives in our day-to-day or in our ministries for you, but that we move with you, Holy Spirit. And I ask right now that you would even allow our listeners to experience maybe that weight on their hands of your presence or that warmth right now that you would just pour out that you might show them that you're with them. Right now, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just call forth a deepening, that deepening of sensitivity to your movement, to your presence, to your anointing. And we thank you, Lord, for creating us and designing us body and soul for relationship with you, for conversation with you, for interaction with you. And we give you all the glory, Lord, as we pray all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, Mary. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the prayers. So, probably not going to come as a shock, (laughs) but in your prayer time for our practical application, we just want you to really at the beginning and throughout your prayer uh, be aware of your physical senses and be aware of how um, the Lord might be communicating to you whether it's through a a numbness or a throbbing or a warmth or heaviness whatever those things might be kind of just starting to decipher the way that the Lord desires to communicate to you through um, your senses yeah Well, thanks for listening, guys. I'm super excited to continue this conversation on our next episode. We're wrapping up our three-part series about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So uh, tune in next week or two weeks from now. Excuse me. Tune in two (laughs) weeks from now um, for our next episode. Yeah, we're super excited to see you there. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.